This is Why You Should Vote, your guide to becoming an informed American voter. I'm Eli. And I'm Sonia. This is our final episode, episode 9 of 9, and today we'll be talking about how to actually go vote. So Sonia, why is knowing how to vote important to becoming an informed voter? Well, this is probably pretty obvious, but if you've never done it before, it's good to know what to expect. And if you've only voted in person on election day, it's good to know that there are other ways to vote. It's also good to be able to tell real information about how to vote from misinformation that's out there. And knowing how ballots are counted and how elections are certified will help you follow what's happening in closely contested races after election day. Let's start with one of the most important steps, registering to vote. Before you can actually go vote, you need to make sure you're registered. You can check your registration status with your town or county clerk or your local board of elections as is appropriate for your area. Even if you think you are registered, double check. Some states, as we've talked about before, periodically purge the rolls, and you may have been deregistered without knowing it. See episode 5, Voter Suppression, for more about this. Registering to vote is very easy and does not take a long time. Some states let you fill in a form online, others make you print the form out and mail it in. Prior to elections, voters' rights groups often set up registration booths where volunteers will walk you through the process. And in many states, you can also register at the DMV when you get or renew your driver's license. Deadlines for registering are often as early as the beginning of October, so do not leave this to the last minute. If you're not registered ahead of time, some states will allow you to fill out a provisional ballot in person on election day. We do not recommend this. Some states require you to state a party affiliation when you register, so that they can give you the right ballot during primary elections. You can also pick no party or unaffiliated if you want, and then they'll ask you which ballot you want during your primary. For lots of other information, including state-by-state info and a centralized place to check your registration, you can look at rockthevote.org, which we will link in the show notes. They've been around for a while and are very trustworthy. You can also check your registration by going to our site, whyyoushouldvote.com, and clicking the Check Your Registration button up near the top. Okay, let's talk about actually casting your ballot, the most fun part of voting. For federal elections, Election Day is the first Tuesday after a Monday in November. But the after a Monday part just means that Election Day can never be November 1st. Election Day isn't a national holiday, though it is a holiday in some states. And it's bullshit that it's on a Tuesday when a lot of people are working, but that's a different podcast. Sometimes state and local elections also happen on the same day as federal ones, but sometimes they don't, so be aware that not every election is in November. The way that most people vote is by physically going to the polling place on election day and filling out a ballot there, which is what I usually do. This can be super fun and empowering. Lots of people bring little kids to the polls to educate them about voting and civic responsibility, and it's super cute. Generally, you walk into your local polling place, it has to be the one for your specific district, which you can check online, and you check in, which usually involves telling the poll worker your name and address, but depending on your state's voting requirements, you may also need to show ID, etc. See episode 5, Voter Suppression, for more info on this. Note that early voting polling places may be different than election day polling places, so make sure you're going to the right location. So when you arrive at your polling place and you check in, you'll receive a ballot, go to a sectioned off booth, and carefully mark your choices in the indicated spots. Read the instructions on the ballot carefully, as sometimes ballot questions are worded in confusing ways. You can usually take your phone and notes in to vote with you, but don't take any pictures. Instead, wait till you get your I Voted sticker and take a picture of that. 
Take your time and make sure you have marked your ballot correctly. If you mark it wrong, you can just ask a poll staffer for a new one. It's not a big deal. Poll staffers are usually volunteers from the community, and they're really friendly and they want to help you. Once you've marked your ballot, deposit it in the secure location provided. And you did it! You voted! A lot of polling places will have stickers or wristbands with the I voted sticker, and you can take one and wear it proudly, and then also definitely take a selfie and share it on social media. Some polling places will have electronic voting machines instead of physical ballots. Electronic voting machines are bad and evil, and you should not trust them. They are easy to hack, difficult to audit, and often make errors. The machines are usually old with documented security flaws and no good chain of custody for the software installed on them. Security researchers nearly universally recommend against using electronic voting machines in an election. If your state or locale uses electronic voting machines, we recommend voting by mail or by absentee ballot. However, if you must vote on a machine, be extra super careful that you know who and what you're voting for. Read and double check all of the instructions. You should get a receipt of some kind and a chance to double check your choices. Do so. If you have the time and energy, try to campaign to get voting machines out of your area. We cannot overstate how insecure and vulnerable electronic voting machines are to error and interference. In some places, you can vote early, in person. This is usually for a week or two leading up to the election. This is a good option if you work on Tuesdays or have an inconsistent schedule. But make sure you check your polling place, because early voting locations are often not the same as the election day voting locations will be. You can also vote by mail or vote absentee. These two are basically the same thing and are great options if you feel like being in a voting booth is a lot of pressure, or you have an inconsistent work schedule, or you live somewhere where electronic voting machines are used. You'll need to ask for your ballot to be mailed to you ahead of time, unless you're in a state where everyone votes by mail. And you could check the requirements for your state's vote-by-mail process at your state election office's website. When you get your ballot, Mark it as you would in person, and make sure you sign in the appropriate places and do whatever else needs to happen to certify the ballot. Sometimes you have to sign the back of the envelope, for example. Then mail your signed and sealed ballot with plenty of time before the election. Some states also do drop-off boxes. This is more secure, and we recommend using them if they're available to you. Remember that voting by mail is slower than voting in person, and that your ballot may have to arrive rather than just be postmarked by a certain date, usually election day. Give yourself time and check your local deadlines. Screwing with these rules is yet another way that voter suppression happens. You may be able to request that all ballots for the upcoming election cycle be mailed to you. I like doing this because it ensures I never miss an election, even the small hyperlocal ones. It also means they come in enough time that I know they'll get to my election officials before election day. If you do request an absentee ballot, but then decide to vote in person, that's fine. You can just safely destroy your absentee ballot and go vote normally on election day. Requesting an absentee ballot does not obligate you to use it. You may need to let your local election board know that you decided to vote in person, um, but that depends on your location, so check your election board website for details. There are so many ways to vote, so figure out the one that works for you, research the right deadlines on your local election board website, and feel confident while voting. Sonia, there are lots of ways to vote, but what are some ways that you cannot vote anywhere in the United States? All right. You cannot vote by phone. You cannot vote by email or online, except in very special circumstances. And even if those circumstances apply to you, we don't recommend this because of security issues, much like the ones surrounding electronic voting machines. 
You also cannot vote in someone else's place. You can assist someone who needs help filling out their ballot in some cases, like a blind person might need a sighted person to fill in bubbles for them, but you cannot vote for them as their proxy, and this kind of assistance usually comes with extra rules. If this applies to you, make sure to check those rules. You cannot vote more than once in the same election, and you cannot vote in multiple states or districts. Some campaigns sow misinformation about what day election day is. The federal election date is set by Congress and cannot be changed by the president. There is no way to vote after that date. Some votes are counted later because counting so many votes takes time, but there's no way to actually vote later. So you should check your election date with an official nonpartisan source, such as your local election board, especially if you're voting early or absentee. If you want to know more about this issue, listen to episode 5, Voter Suppression, for more info. Also remember that local elections are not synced up across states, so you might have a local election on a date you do not expect. So what happens after you vote? You voted! Congratulations! Now your votes will be counted over the next week or two, and the results will be certified. And how that happens depends on how and where you voted. If you voted using a physical ballot, you probably fed it into a box when you walked out of your polling place. That box had a slot in it for the ballot, and maybe a handle that you pull to feed the ballot in, or maybe it grabbed it automatically, like a vending machine grabs a dollar bill. It's likely that this box contains a scanner which scanned your ballot and recorded your choices. That information will be stored on a memory card, and of course, your physical ballot remains in the box. Most districts will then have a bipartisan panel transport the ballot boxes to a central place, put the results together, and manually audit a portion of the scanned ballots to make sure the count is accurate. If you voted by mail, this probably all still happened, but somebody else fed the ballot into the scanner for you. If you're from a very small district or town like I am, it's possible that someone actually counted your ballot by hand. If this is how your town does it, then a bipartisan group of ballot counters sat in a room together and meticulously checked each other's work for hours until they finished counting all of the ballots. My parents used to do this for every town election. If you had to vote on the dread electronic voting machine, dun dun dun, it's possible that the machine generated a paper receipt so that your e-vote could be double-checked if necessary. But some of them don't do this, and that means that there's literally no way to verify or audit your vote. Have we mentioned how much we hate this? We hate this. Moral of the story, there are some very careful rituals around counting ballots, and they actually work pretty well. Checking and double-checking all the ballots can take days. As we mentioned in episode 5, voter fraud is basically non-existent, and the reason is because all these checks and audits are actually doing their jobs. But wait, I hear you say. If it takes days, how do we always know who won basically when the polls close? Well, you're probably thinking of federal elections and how media networks will call an election for a candidate. This is not based on counting ballots. It's based on exit polls. Exit polls ask voters who they voted for as they leave the polling place. They're actually really accurate. Ballots still get counted, but you can usually trust the exit polls for a quicker result. However, note that because of the pandemic, the 2020 federal election may take longer to call due to an unprecedented numbers of people choosing to vote by mail. We don't know. Everything is weird and hard to predict right now, but we're preparing ourselves for a longer wait if it seems like the votes are close. And there's precedent for a close election taking longer than usual to call. If you're curious, look up the 2000 election, when George W. Bush eventually became president. It was a wild and crazy time, y'all. The presidential election is a little more involved. 
Once all the votes for president in a state are tallied up, the state appoints electors based on the outcome of the vote, as we've talked about before. Those electors meet state by state in December and cast their votes for president. The electors' votes are then delivered to D.C. So even though we call them the Electoral College, they never actually all meet together. The electors' votes are tallied, and that's when we know for sure who the next president will be. Does this sound indirect and kind of ridiculous? Is it weird that the national popular vote doesn't directly elect the president? Probably. If so, you should look into getting rid of the Electoral College or having your state pass the National Popular Vote Compact. For federal positions, all the people who are elected will be sworn in on January 20th. And as always, state and local elections may have different timing, so check your local area. Usually at this point, we like to give you a piece of homework, something to think about or do that's related to what we talked about. However, since this is our last episode, today's is more like a final exam. And that exam, of course, is to go vote. If you go vote, you get 100% on the exam. Besides going to vote, here are a couple other things to think about. If your state uses electronic voting machines, campaign to get rid of them and replace them with paper ballots. Keep an eye out for voter suppression tactics this election cycle. Have you seen any? Have your friends? And if this was your first time voting, how did it feel? Also, congratulations. And with all that, thanks for listening to this last episode of Why You Should Vote. Why You Should Vote is recorded in Littleton, Massachusetts and Chicago, Illinois. Audio editing is done by Eli, and I write the show notes, which you can find at whyyoushouldvote.com. If you like the show, the best thing you can do is share it with a friend, especially someone who needs to hear it. And now, go go vote. vote!